Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the many testimonies tonight of your goodness and your working. Lord, we're thankful when we can see you working in lives and, Lord, blessing us and encouraging us and using us to be a blessing to others. Lord, we thank you for all of these things. We thank you for your healing and your strength and your wisdom. Lord, we're thankful that we don't have to rely only on what the doctors say. But, Lord, we can bring every issue to you. And, Lord, we're thankful for that you use the doctors to heal and to operate and to do all of these things. And, Lord, we know that nothing is by chance that you are working if we'll just be awake and be your servants. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For the front. Take the book of Proverbs once again. We're trying to finish up. I have about uh, a little over five pages of verses here that we have yet to cover. And uh, we're just uh, pretty much um, into miscellaneous uh, verses of different kinds. So some of them follow somewhat of a theme. And uh, let's just start Proverbs chapter 28. Proverbs chapter 28. And and, uh, there's some verses here that deal with uh, government and how things ought to work. And um, Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 2 says, For the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof, but by a man of understanding and knowledge shall the state thereof be prolonged. And um, again, these are standalone proverbs, they're just complete thoughts. Uh, Hebrew poetry does not seek to just rhyme words, but it rhymes ideas, uh, bouncing them off of each other in contrast or restating, uh, as is often the case. And it says, for the transgression of a land, many are the princes thereof. I guess that's why we have over 30,000 police officers in New York City, right? Uh, Because there's a lot of sin going on. There's a lot of people breaking the law. It says, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, the state thereof shall be a prolonged. Now, here's the difference. It takes many, many princes to control an unruly or a population bound towards sin. But one man of understanding and knowledge can make a difference in the history of an entire nation. It was the founding fathers of this country, uh, many of them uh, said in different ways, I think uh, Benjamin Franklin was probably one of the most eloquent, is a moral people needs very little government. That's what this verse is talking about. If you just have one person of understanding and knowledge, they can solve a problem that 30,000 police officers can't solve. And this is wisdom. You know what the problem is? We don't don't have that man of understanding. And so it's it's a scary world in which we live, but many times we think that Oh, just one person. You can't make a difference. No, Solomon says, under the influence and guidance of the Holy Spirit of God, yes, you can. Skip down to verse 5. 
It says, evil men understand not judgment. Wow, is that today's newspaper or not? Um, You know, it says, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. I believe uh, several years ago there was uh, one of the... um, leading Democrats in the House of Representatives said, all you Republicans want to do is put people in jail. Well, that's where criminals belong. Amen. Uh, The simple truth of the matter here is, you have somebody that doesn't understand judgment. Why do we need to uh, have law? Why do we need to enforce all of these things? Why, Why do we need to punish people and put them in prison? Hey, mark it down. Those are the words of an evil man. They don't understand why you should punish someone. They don't understand why someone needs to... The Bible says, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. There, there is a reason for judgment. There is a reason for laws. Look at verse 7 of the same chapter. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. It says, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men brings shame. And when it uses the word father there, it's not only talking uh, about his father, Physical father, it's talking about the family name and the family history. You know, people used to be concerned about the testimony of their family in the public, especially in rural America, you would have a family that would be known. I mean, uh, I remember my, my dad bought a house and we did not know it at the time. Of course, I was only about two and a half years old. Couldn't understand those things, but we moved in beside one of the most infamous families in our county. Everybody knew them as bad people. And they were. And they proved that over and over again. And it was, it was a sad thing. But praise the Lord, at least one of the children made a profession of faith at church and different people as... We would try to invite them. In fact, one of the um, uh, one of the other families in our church said, "You live beside them. How do you keep your kids straight?" Well, parents involved in the lives of their children make a difference. Amen. And but if you're going to go out and just have run with the party crowd, the Bible says, "Here's what's going to happen. You're going to bring shame upon." Your family. Here we go, verse 16. The prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. But he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. Now that's an interesting combination of words, is it not? It says, the prince that wanteth understanding is also a great oppressor. Now, I'll tell you what, you... Uh, give certain people, and most of us have seen this happen at work or different places, you give certain people just a little bit of authority. 
And they think they've just been nominated Grand Poobah of the world. Anybody ever run into anybody like that? Uh, the Bible says here that a person that is like that, an, op- an oppressor, they oppress people. They're, they're ty- tyrannical because they don't understand. They need understanding. And then the next thought to that is, but he that hateth covetousness shall prolong his days. Now again, the, uh, the, the way the Hebrew poetry works is we are contrasting ideas. Do you think that maybe Solomon is trying to say that someone who is given to I want, I want, I want, that's covetousness, also lacks understanding, like the prince that is the great oppressor? That if you go through life thinking about what you want and what you need, that you're going to come into this same category as a person who is wanting or lacking understanding. I believe that's what Solomon's trying to say there. He's trying to show us how this want of understanding doesn't work because a person who is covetous, who, who wants things, what is the easiest way to get something? Well, take it from somebody else. Does that sound like oppression to me? you? It says to me. And so we've got to watch these things Now look at the next verse. It's going to seem theme, but uh, all of this is how man deals with man. A man that doeth violence to the blood of any person shall flee to the pit. Let no man stay him. It's kind of Solomon's way to say you give a man enough rope, he's going to hang himself. A person who does violence to another human being, is on the road to destroying themselves. You're not going to help them. They're headed to the pit unless they repent and turn to God. They're going to destroy themselves. And history books full of people who resort to violence and what do they do? They hurt themselves. They, they will destroy themselves. So now let's go to Proverbs 29. We're going to pick up four more, three more verses here. Uh, again, oh, the theme is government, man to man here. Verse 4 says, The king by judgment establish, establisheth the land, but he that receiveth gifts overthroweth it. Now, we've dealt with this word gifts before, and some people like to... Uh, change that word to bribes, and this is certainly a, a, a passage where that would be a fitting understanding of this idea of gift. It's the king by judgment. That is, judgment is based on law. Judgment is based on every person gets treated exactly the same way. But the king that's willing to say, Well, you know, if you had a few extra pictures of dead American presidents laying around, you know, we might could uh, solve this problem very quickly. Uh, Some of you have lived in New York City enough to remember that it used to be that if you owned a building in New York City, there was absolutely nothing, a few pictures of uh, great American historical figures 
uh, of course, with the proper signature, serial numbers, etc., could not get you uh, anything you wanted. And that's why every once in a while, you'll hear of the whole facade of the front of a building falling off into the street. It was done during those few years. In fact, here in Queens, I had uh, the dubious pleasure of meeting one of these guys. He was in the building department, the old records room. And I noticed that he had a fire department patch on his shoulder. And I'm sitting here going, why do you have a fire department patch in the Department of Buildings? Well, come to find out, he was one of those guys that uh, had tried to set the records on fire so people couldn't find out what he was doing. And they demoted him to the old record room. And uh, that's where he was working for uh, all perpetuity, down in the basement of the building, going through and... And uh, and you know what? He didn't understand judgment either. He couldn't figure out why everybody was so upset. And the, the Bible tells us here that if you're going to allow people to buy their way out of trouble, you're going to destroy your society. You're going to overthrow the land is what it's talking about there. Let's go down to verse 26 of chapter 29. And it says, Many seek... Oh, let's get verse 25 first. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, that's one of those verses that needs very little explaining. Amen? If you're more afraid of men than you are with God, you're going to get trapped. But if you'll put your trust in the Lord, you're going to be safe. You know, that's the only place you can be safe today is by putting your trust in the Lord. And and I don't know how many sermons as I was growing up I heard, oh, they're going to do this and they're going to do that and they're going to do this. And I think I've given the example before. I wasn't actually there. I heard this is a story another preacher told as as the preacher was getting excited about his preaching. He said, they're going to take away our freedom and they're going to take away our houses and they're going to take away our Bibles. And the only thing we'll have left is God. And they realized what he said. Maybe that's not such a bad idea. Amen. Uh, The simple truth is, if I'll put my trust in the Lord, He'll keep me safe. And by the way, history is full of the stories of people who have given their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ. But He still kept them safe. Amen. And the next verse says, Many seek the ruler's favor. But every man's judgment cometh from the Lord. Have you heard the stories of those that just are seeking favor? I mean, government has become uh, full of what we call cronyism or simony, those kinds of things where... You get a job if you make the right person happy with you. Uh, The Bible says, listen, you can can be that. Many are going to chase that. But if you want, you've got to understand something. 
no matter how much you get away with here on earth, no matter how much uh, you make it easy for yourself by pulling your connections and doing all these things, you're going to stand before God in judgment, and He's not going to quibble over what's right and what's wrong. And so, don't try to seek the ruler's favor. Seek God's. And so, uh, those verses deal basically with uh, government and, and what government ought to do. Uh, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 27. And uh, Solomon has a lot to say about uh, finances, about how we ought to uh, uh, run our business. And uh, what we're going to look here is the last several verses, starting in verse 23. It says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds, for riches are not forever. And doth the crown endure to every generation? The hay appeareth, and the tender grass showeth itself, and the herbs of the mountain are gathered. The lambs are for thy clothing, and the goats are for the price of thy field. And thou shalt have goat's milk enough for thy food, and for the food of thy household, and for the maintenance for thy maidens. And, uh, of course, if we wanted to, we could take the whole evening and just go through these uh, few verses here. And that's not our goal as we're going through the book of Proverbs, but just to touch on this thing. It says, Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. Your possessions... Uh, in this day, we're not necessarily mat- uh, measured in dollars. The, most people did not have money hidden somewhere or in storage. It was in your possessions. Read the book of Job. It said Job was the richest man of the East. And it started listing all these different herds uh, of different kinds of animals that he owned and maintained. And it says you're going to have to be diligent. You're going to have to watch those things. You're going to have to take care of them. Next verse, for riches are not forever, especially when Bernie Madoff and his crew are around, right? Uh, I mean, there is always somebody looking for some new way to steal your money, to take something from you. I mean, 15 years ago, who ever heard of ID theft? Stop and think about that. That wasn't that long ago that you could sign your name and give someone your credit card and and you had no worries at all. Now today, you go up and you swipe your card in a reputable uh, retailer and some guy in Bulgaria has your social security number and credit card number that he got off the magnetic strip in your uh, card uh, at the card reader at your local supermarket or whatever it is. I mean, how many of these big... Someone said a hundred million card numbers were stolen when they hacked Target. A hundred million! I had no idea that Target had that many people going in the doors of the store. I mean, that was just, I mean, I'm sorry I'm behind the times, I guess, but good night. That's almost a third of the population of the United States. Now, 
probably it's the same. There, there's probably only about a hundred a hundred people using the card all the time. I don't know, but it it just was amazing the amount of numbers. And then some other guy got hacked, and they were talking about another fifty or seventy five thousand. And it just makes you want to stay at home and don't do anything. But you know, the Bible says you've got to put some diligence here. Diligence here. Now it says the hay appeareth. You know, the tender grass showeth itself. What do these herds need to eat? Did you plant the hay? No, it just grows. You harvest it. And it talks about the herbs of the mountains are gathered. You know, there are plants in this world that will solve just about every major medical problem. Now, don't go nuts. Uh, but there's lots of good things out there. My father-in-law, he knew where in the mountains of West Virginia to get that ginseng. And, and uh, it would solve certain problems and help you uh, with alertness and stuff. It says, the lambs are for thy clothing. Why? Because they produce wool. The goats are for the price of the field that you would be able to sell them. And goats milk enough, it says, for thy food. Now, I, I'm glad that I don't live there because goat's milk is not for me. I'll, I'll take cow's milk, but I'm just not there yet. But I like feta cheese. How about you? And uh, so, uh, there's... Uh, it says here, if you'll be diligent to take care of what God has given you, He will provide. He has given us what we need. It's there. But you know what? He's not sending angels down to take in the hay for you. He's not going to send an angel to milk your goats. Uh, you're going to have to take care of things. Work. It's a dirty word today. But work works. That's what Isaiah is saying right here. Diligent labor. So let's go to Proverbs 27. And now we're going to... Um, Look at a different topic here. Proverbs 27, 1 and 2 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. We, we live in a world of self-promotion, do we not? The Bible says, don't boast yourself of tomorrow. Because you have no idea what's going to happen. It says, if you're really seeking praise, if you want people to say good things about let them say it. Not you. Let someone who doesn't know you, a stranger, and not thine own lips. You know what, you know what that means? If you're going to have other people say good things about you, guess what you're going to have to do? Uh, good things for other people. What did, uh, I believe it was Philip in the book of Acts, as he was talking about Jesus, he said he went about doing good. And that's what we're supposed to do as servants of Christ. Don't be worried about what people were saying and don't try to write your own uh, 
uh, uh, destiny or your own epithet. Let let other people do that. And um, I'll tell you, we, if you want to study some recent American history in the last 20, 25 years, study the presidents that were worried about their own legacy compared to those that were worried about trying to get something done to help this country. Those that were worried about their legacy. I mean, some of them even said uh, about one former president, uh, well, he, he just never had any opportunities. He wasn't president when 9-11 happened. If only he could have been president when 9-11 happened. Say, what kind of garbage is that? That you're so worried about your legacy that you wish you were in charge when a disaster happened. Let me, let me tell you, the world is full of crackpots out there. All the time. And you hear somebody talking about themselves and how great they are, just head the other direction. But you hear some people, you hear other people talking about how good something is. Well, maybe you ought to try that pizza place out. Amen. All right, let's move on. Down to verse 18 of this same chapter. Again, what we're doing here is we're just picking up these miscellaneous verses that we have not gotten yet. Proverbs uh, 27, verse 18. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth on his master shall be honored. You know what? It's just saying, listen, if your job is keeping the fig tree, guess who's going to get some figs? If your job is waiting on your master, if you have one of those servants' jobs, and guess what? There are a lot of people that had servants' jobs in this day. It says, if you'll just take care of the duty that is set before you, you will be honored, you will be rewarded, you will be fed. But so often we waste our time and our energy wishing that we could be doing something or something else, or someone else, or be someone else, and we ignore God's opportunities that He has set right before us to... Realize the things that we need. Let's go to Proverbs 28. And uh, we'll start in verse 19. A whole little section here. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. To have respect of persons is not good for... For a piece of bread, that man will transgress. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with his tongue. With the tongue, sorry. And so we have this group of verses here. Uh, again, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. If you're out there planting seeds, you're going to have a harvest. But if you're too busy following after the vain and empty persons, the party crowd, it says you'll have poverty enough. How many of you remember the story of the prodigal son? He went out, and when he had spent all, then he got hungry. 
how much would he have had if he had just stayed home and tilled the ground and did the work he was supposed to be. Now these next three here, or four actually, are kind of connected in the, in the fact that they're talking about uh, human beings and, and, and where you're going to end up. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. You know, you can make money if you want to. But, if you're in a hurry to do that, you're eventually going to take a shortcut and you're going to get caught. I mean, there's just no way around it. The Bible says to have respect of persons is not good. Because any person... When put in a situation, it says, for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. And don't think that you're above that. Every one of us are there. That's why we don't look to human beings. We look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye. You know, I, I think of all them gangsters when I think of that verse. Man... Uh, what was it, 20-some years ago, they stole all those millions of dollars at uh, JFK Airport, $5 million, the largest single heist in American history. And now somebody gives them clothes to wear. It's called a prison uniform. Uh, they get food to eat. It's, not, it's off the menu, the prison menu. Uh, they got poverty, just like Solomon said. And it says... He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. How many of you had a teacher that was just mean? And, I mean, they just bled all over every paper you gave. They just weren't ever satisfied with it. Anybody have a teacher like that? How many of you are old enough to appreciate those mean teachers? That's what this verse is talking about right here. Other than the ones that's, oh, you just did such a wonderful job. We know that two plus two doesn't equal five, but you tried. You know what? That doesn't help you. The Bible says that they're actually the people that we're going to despise as we grow older. It's the ones that made us work and taught us something. Made us learn that we honor. And that's the... Uh, the uh, um, import of these verses here in Proverbs chapter 28. And I'm trying to be careful with the time. And uh, we're not going to finish tonight, so we'll just finish next week. Amen? Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll finish when we finish. I'm, I've got the list of all of the verses here. Uh, that we have not yet covered. And then when we're done, we still have the virtuous woman of Proverbs 31 that we will uh, end, end our study of the Proverbs. Uh, we've been at this about six months right now. And uh, we're closing in on it. But we will have covered every proverb in the book of Proverbs. And uh, praise the Lord. And uh, we'll just keep moving until we're done. So let's just have a word of prayer and then we'll get right into our prayer time. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would guide us and that you would use these Proverbs not just as part of our regular Bible reading, but to admonish us, to 
charges, to judges, to help us understand the things that we need to know in these days and time which we live. We pray that we would use them to protect us from the evil that just lurks about us, Lord. We just ask you to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just give opportunity there to uh, pray on your own. And uh, when we're done, then we'll get into our prayer time.